and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 65. Let's roll. Rolling into the playoffs. We are, and I'm rolling into the playoffs this week on my podcast with my brothers, my partners here at the Undroppables. It's an important week for y'all. Y'all are either in the playoffs, of course you are because you listen to this show, or you're on the sidelines to my new listeners. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> joking. But um, I got my brothers, my brothers at the Undroppables. I have my two very, very good friends. Who should I start introducing first? I'm going to bring in the Samoan Nightmare. Oh. And nightmare he is this week. He had about an hour's worth of technical difficulties <laughs> rolling into this show, baby. We are in the wee hours of the morning recording this bad boy because of my friend, Tommy Mo. Two-on-one Tommy. What's going on, buddy? What's going on, Jax Falcone? Thank you so <laughs> much for not just having me on the show, but for dealing with Keeping so many you technical on this show. difficulties. Oh, my God. Oh. So frustrating. So oh, painful. So painful. You know, that's how you know I love you. Yes. Yes. It's all love. It's all yeah. love, brother. Um, Tommy is the man. He's he's one of our partners at the Undroppables. But Tommy, between you and I, we would not be here. We would not be here if it wasn't for the, the godfather himself. And I know y'all love it because every time I do a show with him, y'all have a lot of great feedback. Really cool, actually, to hear. And I'll bring in my boy, Nick. You, you know him as Chalk 101 Chalk on Twitter. Chalk, what's going on, buddy? What's up, Jax? Once again, so thrilled to be back here and to be joined by, like you said, the Simone Nightmare, <laughs> Mr. Tommy <laughs> Moe himself, of the three of us together, aka the board meeting. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to it, man. This is the first first of many, I hope. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and you know, enough of that waxing poetic about each other. Let's get into the nitty gritty. You know, it's pretty cool. You know, this is kind of like when you're just a dynasty player. I mean, you know, we do this for not a living, but you know, the sort of the grind of putting out content. This is when you're starting to wind it down. It's just so much, you know, everybody's so busy, but if you're just a dynasty player or fantasy player, like this is the greatest man playoff time. um, You know, we probably have a, a few different things that I think are, 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 you know, some of the bits of advice we'd give. The one thing I would say is if you have a, a league where there's no trade deadline, you need to win. You know, this is win time. I'll tell you boys, I didn't mention this is not on the show. She wouldn't talk about it, but I made a trade this week just today, actually. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an example of where your mind should be at chalk. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you, what do you think of this one? It's a one quarterback league, 12 team. I'm in the playoffs. I'm good. You know, I got some good things going on. I got JT and Kittle and things like that. Lamar Jackson was, it's a one quarterback league. Lamar Jackson was my sort of quarterback. Obviously, he's a little shaky. My backup was Russell Wilson. You'd think I'm good, right? But you know what? I'm not so confident in that quarterback's situation. So I went ahead and I traded Russell Wilson for Aaron Rodgers, right? But I had to give something up. I had to give something up, of course. So I gave up. Mm -hmm. Khalil Herbert and Quintez Cephas. Not much. Jeez. Right? What? Right? You like that? You I love it. I love yeah. it. I'm, yeah, Amazing. even in Dynasty, right? Russell Wilson is younger. Five years younger, but, by the way. But, you know, still in a, a uncertain situation after this season. 
I mean, same with Aaron Rodgers, but we know that this season, right now, in the next month or so, where it really matters, the next two, three weeks, you, you can count on Aaron Rodgers to put up some numbers. Russell Wilson, I love the guy, and I have him on a bunch of dynasty teams, but yeah, just like you, no confidence right now. Uh, two up and down, and that team, that Seattle Seahawks are a complete mess uh, of a team. So, no, I think it's a great, great move. Hell yeah. Especially what do you think, Tommy? Said, yeah, I mean, it's like, like one of those. Like what Chuck yeah, said, you know, it, it, what do you want to bank on right now? Would you rather bank on the Packers or the Seahawks? I'd rather bank on the Packers right now. And that's a hell of a price that you got for him, too. I mean, yeah, he's maybe not going to be back in Green Bay next year, but he's probably not done. He's probably going to keep right. playing. It. I mean, unless his COVID toe like really keeps acting up. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I, 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 the point is, is I was like, you know, maybe in, a, in an off season, it's not necessarily a trade you do because you're just giving up value and kind of right. moving laterally for quarterback, you know. But you, you, both of your reactions to that trade at this time of year is like, oh, my God, what a win. And if I said it in the offseason, you'd probably be like, oh, whatever. Yeah, it's just kind of a lateral move, bro, but you gave up value. That's all right. Like it's a different answer now than it is at different times of the year. And that's kind of the point that I was making with that trade. Not necessarily like look at this trade, but more look at what this trade looks like now versus what it would look like at some other point in time uh, during the season or even the off season. So that's the type of trade you guys got to be hunting for, you know, a team with, with Aaron Rodgers isn't uh, that's not making the playoffs or some other player like that. Isn't like uh, I'm made. I got it made. I got Aaron Rodgers next year. They're like, shit, he's 38 fucking a, maybe I could get younger. It like works for that rebuilder too. Right. 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 And like if, you know, even like in two months, that that trade could be completely different. You take out Quintus Cephas and Khalil Herbert and replace them with picks. And that's what maybe a second and a third pick. So you got Aaron Rodgers for Russell Wilson and a second and third in yes. two months. Like that's not bad. Like, you know, that's right. that's almost closer to, you know, to even because now it's like, OK, what's, you know, Aaron Rodgers going to do that speculation or, or that uncertainty is going to drop his value a little bit. And then everyone's always going to say, you know, Russell Wilson's going to keep cooking and come back in the offseason, pushing his value back up. But so, yeah, two, even in two months, that trade is completely different. But right now, and, and as an example, like right now, it's fantastic because we all have, well, consensus, we have Aaron Rodgers as uh, quarterback six this week. Um, and then, you know, looking at where's Russell Wilson. Uh, Further down. Uh, I got to keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah scroll. 15. Yeah. There he is, 15. You know, so that's <clears throat> for those two other players, too, like that's fantastic. Right. And, and, and therein lies the point, like you would never make that trade in the off season focusing on week 15 weekly value. Like that would never be part of the fucking thought process, but because it's the playoffs, because it's win or, or go home, it has to be factored in. Like I need fucking great production and I found it, you know, and, and, and it's lucky. I mean, you know, you're not going to find it in every league, you know, you can hunt for it and you know, obviously if you play in one or two leagues, you better find it. But, you know, I play in like 20 leagues or some shit. It's like, fuck, I'm so glad I found it in that one league. And in this other league, I may not find it. Right. You know what I mean, guys? Right. Yep. So, like, you know, you try to I, man, Chalk's in a couple leagues with me and he found some value right at the trade deadline. And I was like so mad at him. You know what I'm talking about, Chalk. <laughs> fucking jerk. That's what I do, man. Right. I, I'm just lying in wait, waiting for the right opportunity. Jump on it. You know, I'm in a league with Tommy. It's actually my first dynasty league I was commissioning and. Me and Tommy had met uh, a few years ago, and he sent me Dalvin Cook. And it was up and down, right? I mean, right after the trade, Dalvin Cook missed, got injured and missed the game. But 
Um, you know, I'm looking for those, you know, opportunities. It kind of reminds me of what you said uh, with your last episode of BZ, Jax, uh, where you said, hey, if I could if I could trade a 2022 second for air for nothing, but, but it guarantees it me it, a ship. Yes. Yep. Then I'm doing it 10 out of 10 times. And I agree with you 100 uh, percent. You know, if if I could do that, if I could make a trade where I'm giving up Russell Wilson and some youth or some age give up a couple of younger assets that like Tommy said, maybe a second, maybe a third round pick in value. If that, and it can lock in a ship or increase that chance, 10%, 5%, whatever it is it, more do it. Right. And then you'll figure it out in the off season. Right. We know yeah. that you're a sharp, sharp guy. You'll, you'll figure out how to move Aaron Rodgers or maybe yep. you'll write him out one more year. If he ends up in Denver or wherever he ends up, you know, that value is going to skyrocket for another few months. So F- future Tommy, will figure it out. Right, Tommy. 100%. Let future Tommy worry about that. You can always get those picks later, that player later. And, 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 you know, even though you led this off with like, if you're in a league that still does trades, if you're in a dynasty league, there should always be trades 100% of the time, all the time. Now, obviously, they should still watch out for collusion and stuff like that with playoffs, yes. but still, there should always be trades. And of course, that was like the hot button topic this week on Twitter about, you know, when to allow trades if you're still in the playoffs. And like, I say, I'll, you know, go for it. Like, you're going to make those moves, make those moves. If someone's willing to give up the pieces, like shit, be more competitive, you know, like let it fly. Yeah. I'm with you hundred percent. I, 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 um, I, I kind of was texting with one of my, uh, dynasty leagues this week about trades going all throughout the year. And I was like, it puts more pressure on all the playoff teams because if you know, there's no trades, you're just like, you're sitting back. You're like, all right, how do I play my lineup? But if you know, there's trades, you have to like be, still fucking worried about your opponent making a move like I just made. Like, you're like, oh, shit. Jack's fucking got Aaron Rodgers. How the fuck did he pull that off? Like, (laughs) you're worried about that. I'm worried about Chalk when he's, like, pulling Dalvin Cook on his team. You're like, what the fuck? He got Dalvin Cook? Right? So, you know, you want to be, you know, hey, look, your capital is your capital. You want to spend, you know, your 23 first and your 22 first to go get a running back. That's on you, man. You know what I mean? If that works out or not, that's your – that's your – uh, capital to spend yep. you know if i sit on the sideline i keep my 22 first and my 23 first and i win it fuck y'all right like so it's <laughs> it's your capital to use as you think you either need to or don't need to but it's an aggressive move to really mortgage your future for one playoff run you know so that's where the calculus comes from and, and you never know whether it's the right move or not so you try to make moves like quite frankly like i just made where you don't give up too much but you right. still get that piece you need well, and I get the whole like productive struggle thing and whatever yeah. and like, you know, filling, keeping the iron bank filled. Um, but if you're never winning, then what the hell's the point? You know, and sometimes you just got to go all in. And then sometimes even if you got all the players, Chalk, are you talking about Legends, League of Legends? Yeah, yeah, Legends, yep. Yeah, so like Chalk took advantage of Dalvin Cook because like I literally had a fire sale on like all my running backs. I had all the running backs, Dalvin Cook, Zeke. Uh, I don't know who I had like a, Aaron had Jones, Aaron Jones. I had, I sold <laughs> yeah. them all, but I was losing. So I just sold them all. Fuck it. Like, let's just, let's go for broke. And like now my iron bakes back to fill, uh, and, and I'm loving it. And yeah, like chalk might've got like a good deal, but whatever. Like the, the when I look at the whole picture of like the four or five trades I did, I'm like super happy about that, you know, but that's the game you got to play. If you're not going for broke or if you're not making moves to like stock up and rebuild, then like, why are you playing dynasty? Like, then you're just play redraft like you know and just play the weeks or do dfs or something like that's what makes dynasty fun 
is keeping it active and making trades and chalk's great at that. And, yeah. and then, and like he said, who you had on last week with BZ, he's fantastic at that too. So shout out to BZ. Uh, love listening to him, giving me a shout out on that. Uh, yeah. Fuck you, Jax. I am a caveman when it comes to the Raiders. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll, I'll just, I, I, I got a master's degree, but yeah, when it comes to the Raiders, like that shit goes all the, like we go back to hood, like back to street, like Tommy, that like, was so much too, fun. Cause like BZ was, was giving dying. you credit, dude. He was like, yeah. he, he was like, you know, and anytime you're listening to the Raiders, you got to listen to our man, Tommy. And I was like, fuck this. I'm going negative on his ass. It was so much fun. I was like, no, he's a fucking caveman when it comes to the It was so much fun. I appreciate that. It's and of true. course, I bring you on next week to call me an idiot. Yeah, I almost unfollowed Jeff Bell for talking shit on the Raiders today on Twitter. So fuck you guys. But nah, I mean, that's that's only where my passion is at. But it, I love it's it, love. though. I love it. I, I learned that a long time ago. Like, you know. Tommy's like the, this positive beacon of like positivity. <laughs> like he really is, man. He he's a galvanizing person. Like he makes you laugh and smile. And then you're like, you say one thing, bad thing about Josh Jacobs, and he's ready to fucking put you in a fucking <laughs> suplex. You know. <laughs> Oh, and I, it's I, so awesome. I was almost going to victory lap last week too about like how fucking everyone was calling him a league winner and like all this. You got to pick him up because PPR and then yeah. he shit the bed last week with everyone. I was like, God damn the Raiders. Yeah. Oh, it's so <laughs> hard to be a fan, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least, hey, join the club, man. Uh, the Patriot water is real warm over here, baby. Hey, uh, yeah, right. Like, I fucking go to the Raiders and the Patriots. Like, we still have not let down the fucking tuck rule, okay? Like, hey, it was a fumble. What are you going to do? Go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? People, are, people give me shit just because I, like, like Tom Brady and kind of root for him. And they're like, how the fuck can you do that? I'm like, I don't know. Like, he's a good player. Like, I'm- It's got to be hard, I'm sure, as a Raider <laughs> fan. I love you, though. Hey, all before – Give me all the we're gonna We're going to get to, like, some, some, some weekly, um, you know – our weekly rankings and kind of where we have guys. And we're going to talk about a bunch of guys and try and go fast. I mean, that's going to be hard with me because I'm long winded and some sort of idiot, but, but before we do the stinky finger has left town. Am I right? I mean, the thumb was inserted and now it's extended because he needs a ride home. Once, once you fucking kick the kicker, once the kicker came out, dude, Lambo fucking sealed that coffin. Like, as soon as Lambo came out, that show was done. It's so good, though, right? Bye-bye. That's it. So tell the people what the hell we're talking about. I'm sure that most of my loyal listeners are like, oh, if he's talking about a finger, it's definitely uh, Urban Meyer. But Fucking Urban Meyer hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more, no more, no more. Like, like who had a shorter career, Urban Meyer or Mike Singletary as a head coach? Maybe I mean, at Meyer? least Mike Singletary was like liked. Couple, he was just and, like in, inadequate. Or, you know, uh, I mean, yeah. Too militaristic. You can't come in and you you can't like. Did you hear what he said to fucking Josh Lambo? Like, I can kick you whenever I want because I'm the head ball coach. Like, bro, these are adults, dude. This is like yeah. a job. You can't do that shit. Like, I know yes. it's a game, but it's a it's a career now. Like, this is people's jobs. They have four hundred one ks. You know, like they're not trying to get kicked, whatever, just because you feel like it. Like, bro, act like a professional. You're in the fucking NFL now. This isn't college. Like, yeah, like I make more money than you do, bro. Bro, like, (laughs) I mean, maybe not in this case, Lambo, but you know what I mean. Like, you know, it's like, it's like I always think of like the NBA coach who makes like five million, and he's trying to tell like the thirty-five million dollar player like what to do. It's like you have a partnership with that dude because he's more valuable than you are. When you're the high school coach. 
you know, maybe you can, you know, throw a little weight around, but this ain't fucking Ohio State anymore. And really, like, you know, we said it going into the year. He's more of a recruiter than he was a, a, a you know, a, a tactician mastermind. Right. You know, he's no culture builder. Like, he walked into culture, right? Yeah. Like, Ohio State, it, it, he didn't build fucking Ohio State. Ohio State was just fine before and after Urban Meyer. So he was just sort of riding the horse that was left for him. So for me, this guy is just a fucking plain idiot and has completely revealed himself. I think he cost himself a lot of money. But, I mean, you know, the the thumb incident, the whole thing, man, it's just been fucking brutal. He's nearly ruined one of the most, you know, generational quarterback prospects in the history of our sport. You know, it's like, you know, literally. So, absolutely couldn't have come too soon. I've been calling for him to be fired for, like, five straight shows or ten straight shows or <laughs> all the shows. Like, never liked this hire for one minute. And off he goes. Chalk? <laughs> I I'm so happy to hear that he's gone. I mean, yeah. I am not a fan of Urban Meyer at all. Especially, yeah, I mean the Lambo stuff, the the stuff after the Cincinnati game where he stayed behind, and I mean, come on, man, you're a co- you're a coach of an NFL franchise. What are you doing? Like seriously, like get your head get your head out of your ass and just coach, do your damn job. And then some of the other stuff that was coming out this week about. You know, I think I posted in one of our chats, you know, he was challenging his assistant coaches and telling them, oh, you tell me, you know. <laughs> yeah, what have you ever won? Yeah, yeah. what have you won? And tell me yeah. your resume. I'm a winner. And- You've never done shit. Yeah, what the fuck is that? Yeah, there, <laughs> Michael Duncan going off. Yeah, I mean, just a sneak peek <laughs> into the Undroppables team chat. It's like, what, 1 a.m. over on the East Coast, and the, the chat is blowing up. We got all the East Coast peeps on our team celebrating. Right. So the whole team is just, I think we're all staying up all night. I think we're probably going to be an all nighter just, you know, popping champagne on this one. I mean, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, you know, Ding he's dong, the witch the is dead. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. Um, even for me, who was a, a James Robinson naysayer for so long, you know, I have him on some teams. So I, I don't mind the news there too. Right. Just to yes. see James Robinson get, you know, a little bit more run uh, towards the end of this year. And maybe maybe it turns some um, fortunes around for some of these fantasy gamers who are fine for that chip. And with all these injuries and COVID and all this madness, right, to get some good news during this crazy day or so. Um, yeah, I mean, good for us, right? Yeah, I mean, look, I would have fired his ass right when he was elbow deep in that, you know, in that gal after not flying home with the team. That's just fireable right then. And it's like. It'd be one thing if he was doing that and like they were like eight and zero, and you're like, no, nah, it's just Urban, you know what I mean? God bless him. Likes to finger bang chicks after not coming home with the team, but you know, look at the end of the day, he's he's shitty. So your team is shitty. You're losing. So yeah, good riddance. Uh, speaking of um, you know the nonsense, the COVID, the, the the winning, and trying to figure this all out, that's really what we came on these airwaves to talk about. And I think we should probably start with the running back position. Um, you know. We want to look at where we're at weekly in terms of who we would start. I, I was a you know a little bit shocked with Tommy's ranking. Uh, we'll we'll get there with one guy that we see vastly different. But for me, um, I felt like there was a there was a top three backs that if you own you know if you're rostering these three backs, you're playing them, and that's a JT Dalvin and Eckler. You know you got Eckler up against Kansas City. Yes, they're re- rejuvenated. 
But I think, you, you know, there's no way you can sit Eckler for anybody. Uh, Dalvin at Chicago, Dalvin just seems to be, you know, found money. Uh, he's back. He's, he's, you know, he obviously ripped last week, which was great for me because I've got Dalvin in so many spots. And of course, I got JT everywhere too. So that's how you win. But JT is an absolute stone cold stud. He is going up against New England. Uh, and their defense has been outstanding, but they're at home. And New England's defense a little bit better against the pass than the run. They've been pushed around a little bit. They gave up that, you know, what did they give up, like 260-some-odd yards against Tennessee and somehow beat them by 20? That was a riddle. But point of the matter is is they, they've given up a little bit on the ground. I think JT will be just fine in this game. He'll probably score and get to close to 100 yards. So I think he'll return value almost no matter what. All that being said, after that, it starts to get a little bit interesting. And, you know, you're probably, you know, going into the weekend, even into Thursday night, I suppose, thinking, all right, what am I going to do? And that's what we're going to try and figure out. So what are some of your thoughts from the running backs, Chalk, and, 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 and you know, sort of at the top? I mean, obviously, again, if you own those top guys, you're playing them. But after that, what are you starting to see that sticks out to you? Yeah, so for me, yeah, so for me this week, I really like Nick Chubb. I think he's a, you know, top three running back at the position this this week. And I think he has league-winning potential. You know, Kareem Hunt, uh, banged up, going to be out. And, you know, that's going to really open up opportunities for Chubb. I think he's been seeing more uh, passing game work as well. Uh, so that does increase his ceiling. So Tommy and I, you know, see it a little bit different. I mean, you know, I, I, and maybe you guys can talk me into it because like, I don't think it really matters. Cause I think in 99% of the cases where you are rostering Chubb, I would be playing him. I don't, I can't imagine sitting him too many times, but uh, Tommy, you're the Raider fan. Why you have him as uh, your number one back going into the week, like uh, ahead of the rest. Tell us why for the matchup. I mean, uh, hating on his Raiders. I, Hey, okay. So here's the thing. I love the Raiders, but I'm a fantasy football analyst, so I have to be unbiased, and I talk yeah. about every team, and I don't talk shit about any team. But as a Raider fan, I can tell you uh, the Raiders are going to give a fucking point to the running back. They actually do have a pretty good run defense. They just give up a lot of big plays, and that's the real problem. And so I do think they'll actually do pretty well against Nick Chubb on, like, even, you know, majority, 75% of the plays where he's not really getting a ton of yards per carry. But I think he's going to break off some big runs. Probably have a couple catches that, you know, he can like a screen or something that he, he can get off and get a touchdown. And that's the real problem with the Raiders is like as good as their defense is, um, they they still give a big plays. And, and last week, they, you know, they did it uh, against the, the Chiefs and, you know, they had to do it through the air a little bit with their running backs. But they the Raiders didn't have Yannick Ngakwe. And that was a big hindrance to their defensive line. And if he's not playing again this week, I have a check, but if he's not playing this week, then it's just going to look even better for Nick Chubb. Um, so, yeah, when, when I'm doing my rankings here too, like, I mean, I, I love Jonathan Taylor, obviously, but I, with this with these matchups, that's why I have them where they're, they're at. You know, I think, um, especially Alvin Kamara, you know, going against Tampa Bay, like stuff like that. Like it just, as, as much as I like those guys, like I don't like the matchup as much. Uh, and Nick Chubb, I, I love his matchup. I mean, Raiders give up like the third most points to the running back position. Um, and most of it is, is not necessarily on the ground, uh, but but giving up a, a lot of uh, a lot of reception yards and touchdowns just through the air and on the ground. So big plays all day. 
You're right. I think the the thing that was getting me about you know the, the, obviously I, you and I both know the Raiders are terrible, uh, but the, <laughs> the, I'm only t- <laughs> the the thing that was getting me was the the you know the COVID ripping through you know uh, Cleveland. It sounds like yeah. Baker's not going to play, which actually is fine. I mean, give me give me Cody Kessler anyway. I mean, I think you know at least as as good. Like I don't know. That's it's neutral at this point. Baker's not helping them. Odell Beckham's out. Um, Jarvis Landry's out. Um, Kareem Hunt is out. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, I think, has COVID and he's out. Like, it's going to be an issue, I think. And, you know, as much as Cleveland, I just don't know, man. You know, this this whole situation, it could be one of those, you know, Cleveland just doesn't do shit in this game True. and somehow get, I mean, maybe, you know, I don't know. I just, there's a lot of issues there in Cleveland. You got to think they're scrambling. And that was the reason it wasn't really a, a pure football matchup. It was a little bit of that ancillary stuff. And that's why I had moved Chubb down. I was like, man, he could be, te- I mean, he could test positive or something. I mean, all of a sudden. So who knows? I mean, uh, our good friend, obviously the term Terminator, uh, you know, uh, Randall Kennedy had tweeted today. He goes, speculative ad pick up Dernis Johnson because if somehow you know he's one positive COVID test away from being a you know weak winner and I agree with that so you know it's a little bit dicey heading in obviously we'll know early because they play Saturday so you know obviously if Chubb's good to go and the game is still happening great but otherwise I was just a little bit scared of the whole situation team-wide yeah, and to be fair, you know, I, I do a couple of rounds of my rankings. Uh, my first round, I just put out early to make sure I catch Thursday night games. And then I see what Chalk's doing, and then I just Same. copy what he's doing because, yeah, like, he's crushing too. it on Fantasy <laughs> Pro's rankings. So, yeah, it's just like, you Jeez. know, to put something out there just to see, oh, okay, that's what he has. Okay, then I'll adjust my shit. Yeah. So smart. <laughs> Jeez, guys. It's pretty It's pretty much spot on. Just copy Chalk. Like, well, like you, you know, hit- we, we release our, our, our weekly rankings every week, and, you know, there's, like, three columns. Just sort by chalk yeah when you're hitting uh top 10 def was it number six overall in fantasy pros rankings for for i forgot what week it was uh, yeah, yeah you're just gonna copy chalk because that dude's crushing it my my, yeah. my peak my peak was number four overall but this past week go. i uh i tanked it i i tanked it hard this week i, I don't know what happened <laughs> hey man we don't talk about our misses dude we just talk about <laughs> yeah the just come on now <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Well, there's a lot of like primetime guys. Like, you know, you look at Jonathan Taylor plays Saturday, Dalvin plays Monday, Eckler Thursday, Chubb Saturday, even, you know, Kamara and Fournette. That's my top six. They play Sunday night. So there's a lot of like sort of, you know, non main slate games. So, you know, some are early, some are late. And, and, and that also sort of look with the studs, it matters less. But, you know, thankfully Chubb in that situation with the COVID is actually early, not a Monday night game. If Chubb were playing on a Monday, man, it would be a problem because you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, right. right? You know what I mean? So the scheduling kind of works in your favor to be able to set your lineup at the top. You know, after that, I have someone that I think is going to, you know, I've mentioned him as a league winner a couple weeks ago. I'm curious to see what you guys think in an absolute smash spot is Elijah Mitchell uh, at home against the awful, awful Atlanta Falcons. I mean, this team is bad. They have somehow have a good record. It's it's white noise. This Atlanta team's not good. And if San Francisco has, you know, playoff intentions and and more, they need to lay the wood to this team. And Elijah Mitchell is just, you know, I mean, he's just explosive. So if he plays, and we'll know that's a Sunday late game or, you know, Sunday afternoon game, uh, I think he could absolutely go off. I love him. He I have him at my RB eight just behind Najee Harris. 
Uh, what do you guys think about Elijah Mitchell this week? Yeah, you're definitely a little bit more bullish on him than we are. And even the uh, Fantasy Pros ECR, I think they have him as running back 15. Or I think Chalk and I are about the same, right? Yeah, yeah 10 and yeah, 12. Yeah, low end RB1, yep. Yeah, you know, so I guess what really concerns me uh, about Mitchell this week is just that he didn't practice today, you know, and, and Wednesday, sure. you know, isn't necessarily a, like a must practice day. If it was Thursday or Friday, I'd feel worse about it. Um, but yeah, just that concern uh, has him just a little bit lower for me. Uh, Chalk gave me tips on rankings too. If like some guy's playing that has a questionable tag, you might want to drop him a little bit. So some of this too is like, this is just, I'm gaming like what I think might happen and trying to get a good ranking. So, um, you know, with some guys like that, that's just a little bit more questionable. I tend to just have them a little bit lower than other people. But I get what you're saying, Jax. I just, I'm a little worried. Well, yeah, I gotta I be g- honest. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Chuck. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to play this week. I, I hope he does. And if he does and we get some clarity on that, I, I'm going to probably bump him up to where you have him, Jax, or right around there. Smash spot against Atlanta, right? I mean, they feed him the ball um, and he he looks great. He looks the part. Uh, relegated tracer early in the season. Um, So RIP to that. Yeah, so I think for me, just like Tommy said, just a questionable tag. I was talking to Jeff Mueller on on Twitter actually earlier today too, just trying to get a gauge of what he thinks uh, with with Elijah Mitchell this week. And he said, you know, not sure. So as of right now, I have him at RB10. I could see him bumping up if, if I get some clarity. If not, I'll probably keep him around the 10, 12 spot like like where Tommy has him. Yeah, and obviously if he doesn't play, I mean, you know, he's yeah, off the list. And yep. and then and then you start looking at Hasty and, you know, Jeff Wilson. But I don't love those guys as much because they kind of split the work. Uh, Jeff Wilson, I think, got zero targets in Mitchell's absence. And Hasty got them all, but he didn't really get the, the touches. So they're sort of 50% of Elijah Mitchell, whereas Elijah Mitchell, if he's playing – sort of gets all that you know they're able to target him and give him goal line and all of it he just gets it all so i'm with you obviously he doesn't play i was gonna say though i'm, I'm not looking to win any rankings uh contest um you know although i am proud of my boy chalk for doing it uh but i'm looking to win some dynasty ch- ships and i know the listeners are too and and you know it's like for me, I've got you know two guys I think that I've moved up that you guys are maybe a little bit more shy on. I love Antonio Gibson and Elijah Mitchell this week, um, and I've got got them at like eight nine, uh, right there seven eight nine. You know, and and I think um, you know I'd be playing them uh, ahead of the likes of David Montgomery, Joe Mixon, and you guys are a little bit behind those guys. So that's all I'm just saying. If I've got Antonio Gibson and Elijah Mitchell and somehow David Montgomery and Aaron Jones, I'm putting. Antonio Gibson and Elijah Mitchell in my lineup. And according to your rankings, you guys aren't. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think that's what's great that we have our consensus rankings on here, you know, and, and it's us three. Um, so you're really getting, you know, different styles. And, and I think where the consensus puts them out is, is probably really close to where they should be ranked. I agree. Uh, you know, but I like that we do have our own opinion and own uh, take on stuff. You know, like I'm looking at your James Conner ranking, like, yo, that's way different than where we, Chuck and myself have them too. So um, I'm not sure he plays. Uh, well. I, I, yeah, and yeah, Chase Edmonds back, and 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 I, I was reading a little bit today where they they might just kind of give James Conner quote unquote the week off. Like even if he plays, they might just kind of ride the the fresh legs of Chase Edmonds in this game. It's a smash spot, and so for me, if I get word that somehow Chase Edmonds isn't playing and James Conner is, I might move James Conner up to like 
I don't know, man, like RB five, like what, how is he not going to smash this week? So don't get it twisted, man. That I've got him down there because of word that I don't think he's playing. I'm with you a hundred percent, Tommy. If, so, so, if you tell me James Conner's got the backfield to himself against Detroit. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. But, but so you got him there for the same reason. Chalk and I have Elijah Mitchell or we have him. Correct. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's why we're talking about it. That's why we're yeah, talking but- about it. Yeah, but you know, if you look at my rankings, I have Elijah Mitchell at ten and James Conner at eleven, right back yeah. to back. So, and they're both questionable, both kind of day to day situations. If they're both playing, you can you can bet that they're going to be bumped up into that top five, yes. top seven range for me. Well, and I, I think Conner also a little bit to do with Chase Edmonds, you know, because mm-hmm. you know if Edmonds Edmonds was supposed to be, like he was kind of like okay two weeks ago, he's a maybe, and then they were like, oh, he's definitely playing on Monday night this past week. And then he didn't. So I got a, I got the feeling that like he's fucking ready to go this week. You know what I mean? He was like yep. a maybe, a pretty sure thing. And now it's like, wait, where the fuck is Chase Edmonds? So like if he's ready to go and Connor's like, hey, man, my fucking knee hurts. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that's a that's one of those things where like all of a sudden like you can just see Connor on the side just like stretching and you're like, yeah, why don't you just take the, you know what I mean? We've all been there. So yep. Connor's a little bit risky in that way. Like even if he's at you still have Chase Edmonds, whereas with Elijah Mitchell, I feel like if he goes, he's a full go because he's concussion protocol. And I don't mean to like downplay concussion, but it's either like it's kind of binary. It's either you're playing or you're not playing, right? Yeah, that's fair. You know, and we were talking about this before the pod, you know, we were recording, but with the Arizona situation, and I know we're talking about running backs, but you know, DeAndre Hopkins, right, out for the regular season, that's going to open up some targets. Maybe Chase Edmonds soaks up some of that, right? The screenplays. Kyler's been playing up and down recently, right? This last game, I mean, he had the yards and he had a lot of the attempts, but, you know, and had some of the Konami, but the, the interceptions, the turnovers, doesn't look as crisp. And then without Hopkins, maybe they're going to lean on the run game more if Connor's healthy. You know, Chase Edmond comes back. Of course, there's going to be touches for him, whether it's out of the backfield, you know, out of the slot, right. you know, out outside. So it's going to be an interesting situation to monitor. Regardless, great matchup against the Lions, Right, so whoever's playing, you got to you got to be starting them um, at that point. I think so. Just kind of monitor the situation. Connor, yeah, a consensus RB eighteen between us three. I think that's about right as of today. You know, we'll, we'll have to monitor and see if if you know, again if there's news or it continues to stay murky, I'll continue to drop him down and, and Chase Edmonds will kind of close that gap as we get closer to Sunday. You know what's right. what's interesting with my rankings, Chalk, is if you notice I have Edmonds at twenty nine. Connor at 30. If they both mm-hmm. play, I don't really love either one of them. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, uh, and, I, and I'll go from there based off of late news, but I have them back to back and a little bit down the list just because like, as of right now, I need to be like paying attention to that. And then once there's clarity, then I'll put one of them where they, you know, cause like, again, if you told me just Chase Edmonds was playing, how high would you put Chase Edmonds? Like he'd definitely be a top, 12 to 15 back, right? I mean, because he's going to get, you know, all the same stuff that Connor's going to get, right? Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, like, the the Cardinals are an incredibly run-heavy offense this year. You know, for uh, an air raid offense that King's... uh, Kingsbury is supposed to easy uh, for you to say. Yeah, so it's supposed to run. Uh, you know, they're they're running like the fourth most rushing attempts per game in the league this year with thirty rushing attempts per game. 
and their play percentage is like 46% of the time they're they're calling run plays. So I, I get what you're saying with Chase Evans being there, but I think they're just, especially with D-Hop Hurt, uh, you know, they have fantastic pass catchers, but they're going to lean on that run game because they kind of have been. I mean, all year, uh, I looked up a bunch of stats for my Downtown Rams article when the Rams played the Cardinals last week, and, and they're like incredibly run heavy, even though their offensive line isn't that great, they're still going to like lean on that run. So the the last um, blurb I read about um, James Conner was, you know, Conner's reportedly day-to-day uh, suggesting an MRI did not reveal a serious injury, but, I mean, it was serious enough to get an MRI? Like, that's kind of a big deal. Like, what the fuck's wrong with my knee? You know <laughs> what I mean? Uh, but he still was not ready to practice on Wednesday. Uh, he still has some time to return to practice this week, but Connor looks genuinely questionable to face the Lions. Like, I just don't like that. You know, that doesn't sound good. That's not like, ah, oh, he's dealing with it, but he'll be back soon. Like, it just sounds like I just, I get the funny feeling James Connor's not going to play this week. It's Detroit. They won't need him. They're going to sit him. I just, I, I'm telling you, I think James Connor doesn't play. I could be wrong, of course, and I'm ready to be wrong, as I always say, but I just think he's not going to play, and I think we're going to see Chase Edmonds, and I'm ready to put him somewhere in that sort of low-end RB2 and a really high, high upside you know, RB1, RB2 spot. Yeah, and that's why, you know, we update all week, you know, and Sunday is really the best time to look at final rankings. You know, by nine o'clock, we all have an update on what's going on, you know, taking out those last minute uh, cut guys that are, you know, are just getting that, you know, the game time decision stuff. So, you know, we start here, but it always changes throughout the week. So always get updates when you're checking our rankings on undroppables.com. Tommy, I know, I know Antonio Gibson laid an egg this past week against Dallas, but uh, he'd been hot. And he'd been getting a lot of targets. J.D. McKissick still likely out. Uh, you know, Michael P. Duncan knows how bad Philadelphia sucks balls. They're at Philadelphia. Uh, hopefully a get-right game for Antonio Gibson. I think it is an opportunity for him to to find some 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 fertile soil, so to speak. What do you think about Antonio Gibson? Am I am I a little too aggressive here? Should I maybe dial back the Antonio Gibson uh, optimism, or or maybe am I onto something here? I mean, I want to be optimistic about Antonio. I love Antonio Gibson. Uh, I think he's a fantastic running back. I just don't really trust the the Washington football team's offense right now. That's fair. Uh, especially with uh, Terry McLaurin having a concussion and looks to probably be out again this week, even though he's technically just questionable now um and yeah heineke like you know has his moments i just at this stage in the game too i mean i know we're just looking at where we think these guys might finish but it does also like we're ranking for fantasy too and where i think these guys like are they actually gonna do well this week i don't know you know And, and just that uncertainty or that lack of confidence you know it definitely uh, reflects in my rankings a bit, you know, and so if you're a little bit more bullish on them, then hopefully in the consensus, it's kind of making up for that a little bit. Yes. But that is my worrying concern. It's just like at this point in the season, like I unfortunately don't trust that offense anymore, you know, and yeah. uh, I was, you know, before Terry got his concussion, it was like, I, it, I don't know, it was like when he even got his first target, it just seemed like he was getting very low target volume last week yeah. before he got hurt anyway. So Yeah, you're sort of refreshing it, going like, what the, where, what's Terry yeah. McLaurin doing? Like, why is the fucking, well, you know, you're like refreshing the box score. Yeah. Yeah. So Chalk, it just, you it's were, more of that. Chuck, you were lowest uh, on Antonio Gibson. What are your thoughts there, buddy? Yeah, just, you know, maybe just some recency bias off the last game, right? He was coming in hot, like you said, laid an egg and, 
I needed him in a few spots, so I kind of felt the burn. I know the Philly matchup looks decent on paper, but it's a road game. Yeah. And Philly's been playing pretty good lately. You know, shout out to Michael P. Duncan on that one. <laughs> it said Michael P. Duncan. But anyway, that's fine. Yeah, so so uh, partially just feeling a little iffy right there with Antonio Gibson. Like Tommy said, the, the Washington offense doesn't look great right now. It wasn't look, It's not looking as crisp. It's inconsistent, very up and down. Tough divisional matchup on the road. I want to. I want to fade him. Uh, yeah, just with a little bit. with McKissick out, you don't like the potential target upside if they do. I I do, but I mean McKissick was out last week, yeah. right? And we didn't. It's so it's not a it's not a given, right? So no. And I, I mean Antonio Gibson is a lock for RB two numbers, right? And yeah. I, I just I just updated my rankings slightly on uh, with James Robinson um, yeah. with the Urban Meyer news. So I have James Robinson at RB seventeen, Antonio Gibson at eighteen. So. Even I'm looking at the guys ahead of him: Barkley, Elliott, Jones, Jacobs. I mean, maybe Connor will drop down below him, but you know, David Montgomery, Elijah Mitchell, Mixon. I mean, I like all those guys ahead of Joe, uh, Antonio Gibson this week. I love Antonio Gibson, especially in dynasty. Uh, I think he's you know a top running back asset. You know, with with all the age and the production and the versatility. But just this week, I just like some other guys better. Um, yeah. Than Antonio Gibson and just the way that the situation is going, uh, just I just feel like he's trending slightly down at, at this moment in time. Yeah, you might be right. It's a scary proposition. It's a scary proposition for a lot of these guys. That's kind of the reason we wanted to talk about it. It's like, you know, obviously we can all have our, you know, long term dynasty thoughts on these guys, but man, it's win time. So we want to get these wins. One of the guys I was a little bit ahead of consensus on, and you know, maybe you guys will start to rethink this one, but you know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, of course, I famously, you know, sort of roasted going into the draft process, but you know, look, he's, he's playing for a great offense, an offense that scores a lot of rushing touchdowns playing in Los Angeles, where they'll have probably more chiefs fans than charger fans. Um, Against a run funnel defense, I don't know, man. I you know it's you know I I think the floor is probably pretty low, but the ceiling is like two or three rushing touchdowns for Clyde Edwards-Helaire in a high scoring affair potentially. Um, you know, I've got him at RB twelve. You guys are a little bit lower. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Uh, I hate Kansas City Chiefs running backs. No, <laughs> I just. I mean, they even against the Raiders last week, they played okay. I mean, I was just looking at it right now, too. And, like, really, Derek Gore was, like, the highest rusher on that team, you know? So, like, it wasn't like yeah. Clyde did a whole lot. Uh, the, the three splits between or the points between the three running backs was, like, 18, 16, 12. You know, so, like, they all did okay. Clyde, you know, got the touchdown, so that helped. But... I don't know. Yeah, it, it's more of an upside play, uh, you know, uh, higher ceiling, low floor kind of guy. Uh, so that's why he's kind of a little bit lower for me. But again, I think it's, you know, from it's probably a little bit lower um, because I like the guys in front of him. Not really too much about him per se, uh, but I, I have a hard time, you know, putting him in front of some guys that I have higher. Yeah, same. You know, I am. I have Clyde at twenty now. I don't know where I had him just a few minutes ago before uh, yep. I made some slight adjustments, but yeah, it's, it's just echoing Tom, Tommy said, right? It's, whether it's Daryl Williams or Derek Gore or, or Clyde, it's you know, it, you, it's just almost like a, a round robin of who's going to get the touches or who's going to score a long touchdown. There's 
it's becoming a committee of sorts there. Yeah. And, you know, the offense isn't humming like it used to, right? They're playing very differently uh, as a whole. Um, so that offense op- upside isn't there, right? I mean, Kelsey, uh, Tyreek Hill, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, they're not playing at the elite level that we we would expect, right? In Mahomes, right? The defense is playing better and, and really carrying them, and they're playing a different type of ball. So I, I don't like Clyde as a RB1 type this week. Um, but again, I could see him as a, a solid RB2. And, and, and still, you're starting him. If you have him, you're starting him. And I don't, I don't deny that. But I just, yeah, I don't, I don't trust that running game, especially with you know, the emergence of like Daryl Williams of all people <laughs> still sticking around. The yeah, emergence pretty, of Derek Moore, ugly. you know, like yeah, just even that. It, it's a, it's a committee, and that's what's the hard part right now. Well, let, let, let's also touch on a couple of sleepers. You know, Michael Carter comes back this week. Mm. You know, certainly the Jets are fucking abject dumpster fire which of course pleases me like nothing else but michael carter's good um you know he's gonna come back to a team that basically is devoid of any sort of alpha running back i think tevin coleman's out and ty johnson is a you know a a replacement level player of course and michael carter's their shiny new toy along with elijah mitchell he's out of course i think michael carter should kind of get all the usage and that makes him sort of interesting in that sort of RB2-ish range. Um, I don't even know where you guys have him. I have him right around that RB20 spot. I'm looking now, but what do you guys think about Michael Carter, you know, sort of re-emerging right now? I I like him. Um, You know, just in like, you know, just got him up to RB23. I see you have him at RB18. So you're right. You know, we're close. You have him a little little bit more bullish. Uh, I I was lower on him coming into tonight, but looking at the news and like you said, he, there's not really competition there, right? Tevin Coleman maybe comes back, possibly, even though if he does, I mean, early this season, Michael Carter was getting the touches. Tevin Coleman yeah. was just sitting there. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so, and, and like you said, Ty Johnson, just replacement level. Uh, I actually streamed Ty Johnson last week out of desperation in a redraft league. Somehow scraped like seven points and half PPR. It was disgusting. <laughs> Dropping balls left and right. I mean, I was like following on Twitter. The like Jets Twitter was just... Like this guy has stone hands. Like every every pick, every tweet about my uh, Ty Johnson was like stone hands or cement hands or something like that. <laughs> I was so tilted. I was like at the park with my kids. Like, dude, just catch the damn ball, man. Like, just give me some points. <laughs> I need to get to the playoffs. So it, it'll be refreshing to see Michael Carter back. Shout out to Tommy Mo on Michael Carter. He got me on him during the offseason. I was asking him like, who's a running back, uh, rookie running back that has some upside. You know, I was in a, one of these startup drafts and running backs were going off, you know, just flying off the shelves. I had no running back and I was in the middle rounds. I needed something. Tommy said, take a look at Michael Carter. He got some upside. He got the juice. Jets, Jets uh, depth chart complete up in the air. I took a swing on him. You know, it paid off. I mean, he was injured, but, you know, it's paid off, you know, pretty nicely. And getting him back this week is going to be a boost. Oh, for dynasties, fantastic. And, you know, thank you for the shout out, but real shout out to Jay Moyer, uh, who put me on game about Michael Carter as his number one running back in the class. The highest I'd seen anybody rank Michael Carter. He absolutely loved him. And, and yeah, it, it was definitely a great pick. Um, but I, I actually didn't know he was coming back this week. So my ranking's way lower than it should be. It'll be running back 20 uh, by tomorrow whenever I update it because, yeah, he's fantastic. Um, 
and and they're going to lean on him. I mean, Zach Wilson is yikes, uh, at least for this year. So they need to give the ball to Michael Carter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the 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 Jets offense is the only thing really that we don't like there, right? I mean, you know, it's like, you know, they're going to play against the Dolphins. Dolphins coming on strong. Speaking of the Dolphins, uh, Miles Gaskins gets the go. Uh, he could be a sneaky little play. The other guy I wanted to ask you guys about, and I think I'm higher than y'all uh, by a little bit, but you guys are there. You have him uh, as a basically an RB2, is the fantasy zombie, Rashad Penny. Yes. Oh, my God. You know, um, Pete Carroll comes out and says he has he, – he, he earned the right to – to, to sort of run with the lead back role. Like here we are. Like, it's like, Oh my God, is Darius Geis coming back next week? This is amazing. Like, so Rashad Penny, I've got him right there. Like RB 20. I mean, you know, give or take, right. You guys have met 26, 27, right. I'm with you. It's like right in that ballpark. Like right after you start getting after the, you know, the, the sort of top tier, you're like, okay, I need to start thinking about whether or not I'm going to play Rashad Penny. How much confidence would you have Clicking the button because I've got him in as a starting running back in one of my leagues in a playoff game, and I'm like, really, I'm going to do this? Like that's the way I'm looking. I'm like, this is really what I'm going to fucking do. What are you guys thinking about this? I mean, I love the opportunity. It, it's funny, Rashad Penny's like pulling the Devonte Parker, Corey Davis, like super <laughs> late breakout. Um, I, I love that he took his <clears throat> took his opportunity and ran with it. Uh, but the confidence is definitely low uh, as Jax pours the rest of his glass uh, of wine. Uh, the confidence is definitely low going against the Rams defense, who finally is is turning on and, and acting like they're supposed to with all that talent they have on that team. So I uh, love the opportunity, hate the matchup this week. Yeah, same. Um, I have my <laughs> right there at the out, uh, outskirts, right at the edge of uh, the fringe RB2, RB3 range. You know, I don't like the matchup. I, he's, getting the, he's getting the touches, right? There's no Chris Carson. We know Alex Collins is worse than a Jag. I can't believe they even played him. Uh, so I, I think the opportunity is there at this point in the season, especially in a redraft situation where, you know, it's, it's bare and you got to just – you got to get a win. You got to get some points. I, I don't hate it. He's gonna get the he's gonna get the volume, and similarly, like we heard about someone like Najee Harris, where follow the volume, right? Um, Rashad Penny will get the volume. So, you know, I think you could bank on that. I, I'm struggling between like a Rashad Penny and a Miles Sanders right now. Like, yeah, you know, who do I like more of this week? Um, Miles had a pretty good game before the before the bye. Um, got a matchup against Washington. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, so, you know, Rashad Penny right there on that on that fringe RB2, RB3 range. Yeah, that's what's crazy is we all have Rashad Penny ranked ahead of Miles Sanders this week. I just don't know that I'd have the will to push mm-hmm. the button to put Rashad Penny in my goddamn starting lineup in a playoff fantasy football game over Miles Sanders. You know, I just don't know. I You know, but it's worth, it's worth looking at, that's for sure. Some other deep uh, players I like, you know, uh, you know, just as sort of, hey, man, I, I'd be okay playing these guys. You know, guys like Ramondre Stevenson, Royce Freeman, uh, you know, the sort of whether or not it's, you know, one of the other shitbags on Houston or Royce Freeman that scores fantasy points or if any of them at all uh, is kind of an interesting dilemma. Um, you know, and then, you know, Mike Davis reemerged, which actually the Mike Davis reemergence over the last two weeks is what made me a little bit lower on Cordero Patterson 
maybe we should probably talk a little bit about that because I felt like I had Cordero as a locked and loaded top 10 back. You guys both have him as a top 10 back or at least close to, and I was a little bit more uh, skittish having him at, you know, RB 15 or 16, you know, behind uh, a, a few of those other players like David Montgomery, uh, you know, even Josh Jacobs or whatever. So what do you guys think of that situation? And do you think it turns around where Cordero starts getting targeted? I heard Evan Silva, you guys like this, Evan Silva called him, you know, he said, if you'd have told me that Cordero Patterson would become a two, a two down grinder in the year 2021, I would have fucking shit myself, you know, and it's true, right? What the hell is going on? Yeah, it's crazy. I'm glad you brought up Mike Davis because I was looking at his numbers just a little bit ago because Kyle, Kyle KL Fantasy was asking us, you know, who's a streamer running back that you can maybe pick up off the wire. And, you know, I was nervous to say Mike Davis, but yeah, I said it. Yeah, you should be. Cause I was, yeah, because I, I was looking at his number. I was like, the last two weeks, you know, even a half PPR, he was putting a double digits. So in he's getting PPR, targets. he's getting targets. And, you know, he's getting touches. And with the lack of weapons, with no Calvin Ridley and, I mean, Kyle Pitts has been, you know, awesome. But you know, he's been have he's had he's had his rookie, you know, ups and downs. Uh, Russell Gage, I mean, kind of you know showing out recently. But I mean, who else is on that team? You got to give the ball to somebody. And you know, Cordero Patterson, yeah. I mean, of course he's going to get the the touches. But Mike Davis, interesting play this week, especially if you're in a huge pinch or you got to stream something just to kind of get by. I don't hate it. So. Um, I think it's an interesting play. I am a little lower. I'm I'm quite a bit lower than the rest of you guys here, just because I'm still not sold on him. But again, if you're if you're in a pinch, I, I don't hate it. Tommy, what do you think? You yeah. love Mike Davis, I know. You <laughs> like his thighs. You love everything about it. I, I wanted to like Mike Davis, and yeah, I drafted too. him in my home league and dropped his ass pretty quick. Uh, <laughs> no, Cordero Patterson. I mean, he's top ten in, in fantasy points per game, and um, whether you like it or not, he's he's being pretty fantasy relevant this year. So it's one of those guys that like it's just kind of those anomaly players that that, that happen to like ball out all season long. Um, He's just getting the opportunity and the fact that he plays multiple positions, like, you know, normalize a flex designation for fantasy for a player. Like, because why, you know, give them both, like, just make them flex. You play whatever he wants. Um, you know, Debo Samuel kind of falls in the same yeah. boat. You know, it's like these guys are just balling. Like, you know, they're just playmakers. So um, it, it's hard to to to, to knock. Cordero at this point that's that's really where it is for me um I, I have no faith in Mike Davis um so I really can't bank on that even if he is trending up it's just uh, it, it's tough you know it, you don't feel any sort of confidence uh, at times but this year has been so up and down that you just have to follow the trend of this guy's balling you know Mike Davis last four weeks targets four 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 six it's like wait what you know I, I mean and you look at Cordero you know, Cordero in the last four weeks targets two, three, five, five. I mean, he's getting targets as well, but not like before where it was like all Cordero Patterson. He's playing more in the backfield, more on first and second down. It's just really weird. Um, you know, I it, I just didn't see that coming. I thought they, you know, they sort of got to the point where they were using Cordero as this sort of all-purpose weapon. I still have Cordero Patterson, of course, ranked ahead of Mike Davis. Like, of course. And Cordero has that huge, huge ceiling. But it was just weird to see, you know, sort of uh, Mike Davis out-targeting Cordero Patterson in the last four weeks. 
when that doesn't make any fucking sense. So that's yeah. that's all. That's well, all. And then, and then when you look at consistency, I mean, there's only besides his bye week, there's only been three weeks all year where Cordero Patterson hasn't hit double digit fantasy points. Yeah. So at this point in the season, with how volatile everything has been, like I, I'm going to yeah. bank on that a little bit as well. Uh, and I'd much rather start Cordell over Mike Davis, and that's why he's a hundred percent. Kind of where he's at, and, and could he drop 100%. to a low end RB one, like twelve or thirteen? Yeah, maybe that's a better spot for him. But you know, right now he's yeah he's top ten. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking that Cordero might have been a league winner. You know what I mean? Like because oh, sure. coming down the stretch, if he's going to get like he was for a while, like six, seven, eight, nine targets. Like, you know, if he's going to get five to eight targets a game plus goal line, plus, you know, 15 carries, 10, 15 carries, like, dude, that's an absolute fantasy monster. You know, they play him out wide, they play him in the slot. Like, it's like, yes, please. And then all of a sudden, these last couple of weeks, you know, two weeks in a row, he had like two and one, two and three targets it's like he still showed like you know one of those he had three targets but he had 26 fantasy points or whatever like he was great against Jacksonville but you know he's good against Tampa Bay he's actually the probably their best between the tackles runners which is why they're using him that way like he's been more efficient that way than than Mike Davis it's just it's just bonkers I mean but we we know that team's terrible and maybe that's what they're trying to do change it up a little bit so the defense doesn't know what's coming and I, I don't know it's just of course, I'm excited to play Cordell Patterson, but you'd love to see five to eight targets rather than three or four. You know what I mean? But uh, let's move to wide receiver. I know uh, because Tommy fucked up this podcast by taking an hour for the uh, you know the the technical difficulties. We got to cut it a little short tonight because it's like five in the morning, right? You guys got to go to work in a couple minutes. Basically, basically, yeah, all nighter. Pull an all nighter, you know I love you guys, but you know just starting to lose a little bit of it for Tommy because of this technical. No, I'm joking. No, uh, my bad, let's talk bro. About- my real. No. My bad. My bad. <laughs> you know I fucking love you. Um, but here we go. Wide receivers. You know, I mean, obviously there's there's a there's a you know not to coin the phrase chalky, but there's some chalk up top. You know, nobody's sitting Cooper Cup or Devonte Adams, Justin Jefferson, Tyree Kill, Debo Samuel. You know, that's kind of the top five. I think we all kind of have them in some sort of order or another. You know, Deontay Johnson probably right there. Uh, Look, if you have four of those guys and you got to decide between them, good for you. Good for you. Good for you. But most people don't, and that's fine. So, you know, you kind of get past that. It's like Godwin, Diggs. Okay. After that, it starts to get a little bit more exciting where you start to look at some of the spots where we might – differ um but for the most part i just feel like you know maybe mike evans could be a guy that you might want to consider uh going up against new orleans he's not had some very good success uh against new orleans uh again he's a huge huge ceiling very low floor so just proceed with caution with mike evans uh especially with gronk playing and godwin playing uh you know there could be a little bit of a target squeeze uh, against New Orleans, what are your thoughts about Mike Evans? I mean, he may be going up against Marshawn Lattimore, uh, so that's not a fantastic matchup. I mean, on paper, Marshawn's not super great this year, but we know he's, exactly. he's got talent. Um, but, I mean, just looking at his stats, I mean, he's number two in routes run, team pass plays per game is number one. Like, I don't know. He, he's just and, – and number two in touchdowns. So it's like yeah. – I mean, he's definitely touchdown dependent, but – he has a relationship with uh, with Tom Brady, and so he's going to trust him on those plays that he needs him. Um, 
you know, but I I have a hard time going between uh, Godwin and Evans, though, and, and finding, you know, a, a ranking I trust where who's going to be better each week. And we, I guess we all got Godwin this week, but not as high as Chalk has him at number four. Yeah, that's why, you know, Mike Evans has a history of struggling against Marshall and Lattimore, right? Yep. I mean, I remember, I mean, like, I think Marshall and was rookie year basically got Mike Evans like ejected out of the game. And I was tilted because yeah. I yep. had Mike Evans <laughs> in, in, in a must-win spot. I, I just feel like, yeah, in those situations, I mean, the Bucks are going to win that game. I mean, I, yes. I, I put money on that. And Godwin, I think, is going to eat. And while Mike Evans will get his too, but I think Godwin will eat, right? Because Brady's got to get the ball to somebody. Um, so I think Mike Evans is still, you know, WR1 play, you know, top 12 play this week. Even though he struggles, you know, like I said, against Lattimore historically, like Tommy said, Lattimore hasn't been really himself this year. I, I've seen him get beat up pretty well um, in some of those games. So I like Mike Evans still. Um, I, I'm, you know, as a Bucks fan, I'm, I'm pretty biased and bullish on on the team overall too. So I like both of those guys as a, you know, WR one plays this week. Mike Evans a little bit behind Godwin though. Well, I'll give you guys an example. You guys, and and not, not to call you out, but you guys can look. We defend our ranks because it's how, like, we're both we're all adjusting them while we're doing this conversation because that's why we're having it is trying to figure it out. But you both have uh, Jalen Waddle behind Mike Evans. I've got Jalen Waddle ahead of Mike Evans. If I have Waddle and Evans, mm-hmm. I'm playing Waddle. You know, Waddle's going up at home against the Jets. We literally know the Jets are fucking terrible. We know that Waddle gets targets every single game. It's just whether or not they deliver, right? Whether or not those targets deliver. Well, two is starting to play better. He's, he, I mean, if you had to bet money how many targets Jalen Waddle will get, it's like over under eight. You'd be like, fuck, I don't want to take the under on that. I don't want to take the under on that. And if you give me eight targets against this Jets team, fucking bingo. You know what I mean? I, I was going to say eight targets before you said eight. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna get he's gonna get eight targets. It's like, and if he gets eight like yards per target, he's gonna get he's gonna he's gonna hit a hundred yards. He's gonna probably score. Like, I think Jalen Waddle is just sort of like you have to play him this week. He's like a must start. Like, I don't even know, you know, like I don't want to rank him that high, but I can't imagine. I don't know, man. Like, I, I I'm about to move him up again because I'm looking at like Jamar Chase at Denver or Jalen Waddle at home against the Jets. Yeah, probably Waddle. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't yeah. know, though, man. You're, you're convincing me. You're <laughs> yeah. convincing me to move Waddle a little it's bit. It's just like, uh, when I'll... do I say no? When do I say no? At what point am I like, like even CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb's going against the Giants at the Giants. He's going to play a ton in the slot. You got to Mari out. Why? Like, if you said, if you we owned a team, a fucking high stakes team, you're like, I think I want to play Waddle over Lamb. You think I would be like, no fucking way? I'd be like, hmm, you might be right. Like, how high before, you know, Waddle is just going to be floor and ceiling. So I definitely think that Mike Evans, I'm never playing Mike Evans ahead of Jalen Waddle this week, unless I, I absolutely am a huge, huge, huge underdog because Mike Evans has that like three or four touchdown upside. He gets like four balls for 20 yards and four touches. Like he has that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. You might see, you might see a flip flop at some point in the next few days. I'm going to <laughs> dig deeper. Next few days, I, I think I'm he makes a good sh- points. I'm doing my shit right now. What do you mean next few days? I'm literally pitching my shit right now. Like, yeah, yeah. You can can feel the audience just nodding along. Like, give me the waddle. Give me. I'm not going to put him in front of Hunter Renfro, but yeah, I'm moving him up. That's for sure. 
Yeah, um, I don't have him in front of Hunter Renfro. I actually just moved to Hunter Renfro to uh, wide receiver 11 for the week. Yeah, wow. he's man, this guy's This guy's playing out of his mind now. <laughs> Jeez. I love Hunter. I've loved Hunter from the beginning. I'll, and, like, especially because I'm a Raider fan. Like, if anyone tells you they're, high, they're like, first on Renfro, fuck you. I was first. Like, <laughs> I, I I was Renfro all day, dude. That, I, that's been my little Cooper Cup, like Matthew Berry has, like, from day one. Like, I love Hunter, man. That That dude's a baller. On the road, tough matchup. I'm just saying, it, you know, it's got to end some point. He's not gonna. He, he's not Jerry Rice. I mean, I don't know, man. I'd have a. I'd have a tough yeah. decision. I think I'd yeah, play Waddle ahead of Renfro. Yeah, Michael P. Duncan, you can clip this. That's White Jerry Rice right there, dude. Like, yeah, up. White Jerry Rice. <laughs> White Rice. The White Rice. I love me some White Rice. Nah, man, he's been playing great, and I've been, you know, I. Look, I didn't have any takes publicly on Renfro, but if I did, they'd be fucking on fire because I was not necessarily in. So, yeah, dude, he's proven a lot of people wrong. Um, you know, he was just fun. I used to just take that picture that they took with all the incoming, uh, you know, rookies. Where, like, they all look, like, yoked and badass. And, like, he's just sitting up front, like, you know, he just looked like a 12-year-old or something, but with a receding <laughs> hairline the best ever so yeah just just yeah he's great i love it who who, who called hunter renfro the accountant because he just adds th- adds it up or some shit like that it's like I think they called him the accountant maybe yeah. he did something yeah it's like yeah. he's an accountant because he just adds it all up or something like that and I was it's like, That's true he looks brilliant. like an accountant but yeah. all he does is add fucking fantasy points that's exactly so, right yeah. he's the accountant exactly. that's right yeah man yep hunter renfro the accountant so that's my that's my most owned player in dynasty oh, i remember you said that joy. too yeah. what a joy yeah. And that was Free a joke. Money. That was a joke two years ago. <laughs> that was a joke jokes two years ago. Now it's like jokes on everybody jokes else. Jokes on them. Jokes yeah. on you, motherfucker. <laughs> hey, Chalk, you mentioned it. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins out and out for the fucking season, man. Wow, what a sh- what a shockwave uh, that was heard today. This was we're recording. Well, that's like Thursday ish, Friday ish, right? Uh, excuse me, Wednesday or Thursday ish. Um, but, you know, Wednesday afternoon, it came out that DeAndre Hopkins would miss the rest of the regular season. And now I'm feeling like this is just one of those things. It's like a gut feeling where I feel like it's like, you know, A.J. Green is just going to be like, bro, it's on me now. Like, you know, I don't know. Like, I just feel like this is going to be an A.J. Green game at Detroit. Something tells me it's like one of those seven for 80 and two touchdowns for A.J. Green. Like, he's not going to have 200 yards or anything like that but i just feel like he's gonna be the alpha and i feel like he's gonna score maybe multiple times and i just think he's gonna see at least you know five targets if not maybe closer to 10 and against detroit i like those targets coming my way am i a little too high on aj green what do you guys think i mean i think it's good that you're higher than than chalk and i are are on him currently but um, I, I think wide receiver 20, it might be a little bit bullish, but you know, you make a good reasoning. <laughs> I mean, cause it's either him, Ertz, Kirk. I think Kirk has some value. I think I'd like to move him up. Um, you know, I've got him up at about what RB 32. So, I mean, I think, it, I think what I guess I'm getting at is like, you know, you mentioned Terry McLaurin, you know, like it's like, I've got him right close to Terry McLaurin. Like, who would you feel more comfortable with right now? Like Terry McLaurin coming off a concussion. I know there's like Ayuk Pittman against a really tough matchup. That's probably one that I would have a hard time playing AJ Green over Michael Pittman in any situation. But after that, it's like DJ Moore's hurt, Jerry Judy. 
I don't know, man. Van Jefferson is another one that I think Chalk, uh, you're really high on, especially considering the situation in, in, in Los Angeles with Odell Beckham out. Uh, what are your thoughts about Van Jefferson this week? Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a big play threat. You know, like you said, Odell Beckham's out. You know, it's a it's a divisional matchup, and the Rams, you know, gotta gotta win that match that that game uh, to really kind of solidify their their playoff seating. I'm just I think I'm just going for the shooting for the stars on this one. Yeah, I've historically been low on Van Jefferson, but yeah, and I don't think he's great to be honest. I don't think he's a superstar by any stretch of the you know means any means, but you know Matt Stafford is playing pretty well. I mean, Cooper Cup's obviously gonna blow up. I think Van Jefferson has the upside. I do see him scoring another touchdown this week. And if he scores a long touchdown, that's what, 16 points or, you know, 15 points right there. And he'd probably get a couple more targets. You know, I could see him putting up 20 points in PPR this week. Um, so I do have him fairly high. Uh, and and I, I think he'll stay stick around there, right, in that WR2 range, that top 20 range for me. Tommy? I like Van a lot, um, but yeah, it's it's. I, I have a hard time with like these like late, you know, like twenty five to thirty range. It gets so muddled there. You know, Christian Kirk will probably go a little bit higher for me. Um, th- this is where I kind of dig into it more, a little bit more throughout the week. Um, so you know, with my initial rankings, it's like. Yeah, I don't. I don't put a whole lot on it, uh, to be honest. So as as we get in through the week, you know, I'll probably look at things a little bit more closely. Van will probably go a little bit up. Uh, Christian Kirk. I mean, before last week, I haven't checked uh, the update, but he was pacing the team in targets. So with AJ yeah. Green or with uh, Hopkins out, you know, expect him to get a little bit more. Even though AJ Green is typically like the X type of receiver, he's been playing the slot a lot more. Um, so it's going to be kind of interesting to see like how the offense really shakes out for for the Cardinals. Um, you know, so with those two guys it's like I, I think anywhere in that like mid 20 range is probably a safe bet so i've been waiting all podcast just to get this one takeoff and you can probably start to sniff it coming because here we are we're in the wide receiver three flex area buffalo with a great matchup emmanuel sanders finally on the sidelines my man, Gabriel Davis, every time he plays more than 45% of the snaps, scores a touchdown or gets 100 yards. I mean, this guy just delivers every single week. Here he is against Carolina. You know, Diggs is going to be covered, you know, or at least paid attention to, um, you know, Beasley in the slot, uh, Dawson Knox. They have no running game. And who's their big play guy on the other side who seems uncoverable every time he's, you know, in the game is Gabriel Davis. So, I mean, I was thinking about putting him right around uh, WR4 or 5 on the week. Maybe that was a little bit too – so I, I left him right around WR36. I'm only I'm only having some fun. But what do you guys think about Gabriel Davis this week as a sort of a pure handcuff to Emmanuel Sanders and the big play player that he is? There's some upside there. I've got him in so many spots, and I have I have no idea what to do with him. Like, I'm so hesitant to just, like, shove him in every lineup. But, like, at some point – he he's going to be a, a huge upside play this week. Of course, he has tremendous low floor. I get that. Like he could absolutely crap out, but his ceiling is huge. I mean, he's got two or three touchdown upside with with big yardage. He's got they, they target him down the field, you know. So his a dot is 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 downfield. So 
either one of you take this, man. Just talk me off the ledge. Get me, get me back in the center. What's going on? <laughs> he's just, yeah, I know how much you love Gabriel Davis. And he, he has that big play vibe, right? Just like Van Jefferson I just alluded to. In a sense, like they're very similar, right? They're just, they can make the big plays or they're touchdown guys. I see your point with Gabriel Davis. I just don't see his volume being consistent enough, uh, especially with Diggs and uh, Cole Beasley still there and Dawson Knox, right? The situation there is, is fairly different than, you know, the Rams I just alluded to. So for those reasons, I, I, I can't, I can't, I'm just not bullish on Gabriel Davis like you are. Um, you know, having what about 12 spots lower, so you know, about tier low, down. You know, he's seeing more targets lately in the last few weeks. I, I have seen that the target and the exposure increasing. I, I just can't get behind him. He's just not, he hasn't been consistent enough for me this season. Just you know, so I, well, I screw can't get you, Chalk him. Tommy. What do you think? <laughs> Let's you no, know, seriously, let the adults talk about this. Tommy, tell him what the f- this is ridiculous. Tell him about Gabriel Davis, how great he is, please. He's great for Dynasty. Um, <laughs> yeah, better best ball player, really. Uh, you know. Fantastic <laughs> best ball player. Love Gabe Davis. Um, yeah, I fucking love it, dude. No, it's a, it's a, he's just a tough one, you know. Yeah, it is tough, uh, it's, man. It's a tough one at this stage in the game uh, when you to not be able to bank on volume or consistency in any way uh, is hard. And, and, and I think, you know, if you need to play Gabe Davis, I'd feel okay about it. Um, if you somehow have some injuries or are just really hurting, um, I, I would, I would do it, you know, but I, I wouldn't feel comfortable about it, especially if, you know, it, it's playoffs, like it, you're one and done at this point. So you're really trying to like get some consistent volume, some consistent <sighs> targets. You in thirteen in, in thirteen games this season, Gabriel Davis has seen five or more targets only three times: week one, week eight, and week fourteen. Yep, that's it's a so 10. sporadic. And, and then every, <laughs> everything in between is like zero, one, 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 two, two, three, four, two, three. Yep. I mean, it's 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 too sporadic for me, right? It's you know, at this rate, he's gonna have five targets in week eighteen, right? Like he's gonna have maybe. You know, three targets. You know, every week in between then until now until week eighteen against the Jets, and he'll probably blow up then. But you know, it'll be too late. I don't appreciate you chuckling as you start to give the Gabriel Davis an, uh, uh, analysis. I'd prefer you stay a little bit. Uh, no, I'm all, this is fucking hysterical. I will say this though: you're right about the Gabriel David's Davis usage, but what we do see is that he doesn't play. Like you know, in the games where he's played. More than 50% of the snaps, he's either scored a touchdown or gone over 100 yards. So, like, he's that's the point. Like, when he plays, he 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 plays well. I agree. Like, he's not been in the game. Here's the here's the point. I think he's going to play. Look, if Emmanuel Sanders is out, obviously. Like, if mm-hmm. Emmanuel Sanders is like, oh, no, he's good to go. Everything's fucking fine. Then fucking forget Gabriel Davis. I Like, I get it. You know, I just think he's an effective player when he plays and that has been true so far this year. So that's what I guess I'm getting at. Obviously if he doesn't play like fucking forget about it. So it's all about Emmanuel Sanders not playing, which it sounds like he's out. So if Emmanuel Sanders is out, I think Gabriel Davis is going to play about 75% of the snaps. And if he plays 75% of the snaps, he's going to get more than the one or two targets you're talking about Chuck, in my opinion, Uh, all they should be doing is throwing every down or running with Josh Allen, Poor son of a bitch is going to get hurt. I know it. But, you know, like that's the way they've got to play to win. Um, and they need to win. They're not at the point where they can just play however they want and, you know, 
and, and coast into the playoffs. They're at the point where they're must win. And if Manuel Sanders is out, Gabriel Davis will see those targets. So, you know, I'm monitoring it, but I want to get him into, into a lineup, especially if I need some upside. But um, that's just the way I feel. I, I, I hear you guys. It, you know, everybody hates Gabriel Davis. Pretty soon I'm going to be going on podcasts. They're going to ask me, who are you a truther about? And it's going to be fucking Gabe Davis. Yeah, and that's and he should be. It's, he's a fantastic prospect, and, and, and he has a great talent. It's always going to be, you know, chasing talent, not situation with Gabe Davis yeah. as long as he's on the team with the receivers they have. All right, buddy. We're going to finish it because it's like uh, it's already Thursday morning early. Uh, we're almost the the roosters are coming up. They're cock a doodle doodling. Uh, we've had uh, three bottles of wine here at the Dino Game Theory Estates. Um, but here's what I'm going to do. We're going to do real quick rapid fire uh, mailbag. All right. So y'all took some time and and threw some quick mailbag stuff. We're going to rapid fire that shit. Uh, the hardest question was, of course, from our resident geek Blake, who we all know, Blake. Part of the he's an undroppable for life. He asked one question I thought was kind of interesting. He goes, as someone who has a buy, who are your streamers that you're stashing for next week? It's actually a good question. And the answer is, you know, these guys will tell you a few guys that they might be thinking about at the quarterback, tight end, and defense, you know, which you know is kind of tough to do. Um, but what I'll tell you is that's really fucking smart. If you do have the buy, you should be looking ahead to next week and preempting all your opponents and getting your fucking lineup set for next week. Don't, you know, so that you can actually have a leg up and utilize the buy in more than one way. So, um, I don't know if you got anybody there, chalk. I mean, it's a dizzy question for sure, but anybody specifically that you might be looking at towards next week, if you have a buy. Yeah, actually, uh, I was looking at some, some streamers from, for next week myself, uh, before Blake asked the question, uh, since were. we're talking about since we're talking about streamers, real quick shout out to Derek uh, FF underscore DF. Uh, Derek is one of our newest editors on the team. He's been grinding. I just want to give him a shout out because he puts out the streaming streaming option uh, column for our, our site over this past season. Did a great job. So just shout out there. In terms of streamers um, for next week uh, and then the week after, I mean Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, at quarterback. This guy has been playing really well over the last month or so um he faces uh i know he faces houston um i think next week uh or the week after but i know he has houston in in the schedule um and that's that san francisco 49er schedule is pretty juicy to end of the year jimmy garoppolo is is one that um, i'm eyeing Uh, on the defensive side san francisco 49ers defense right so you can kind of pair that uh, I've been picking them both of them up uh, in my redraft leagues uh, for this very purpose. Uh, and then at tight end, I mean, it's terrible, right? I was looking at who's available. <laughs> like, who can we even stream at this point? The only name I could come up with is Cole Komet. And I'm not even oh. that enthused about it. Oh. He sees, he plays Seattle in week 16, and he has a Giants in week 17. So matchups there, Justin Fields. Uh, I think Jay Larkey said that he has uh, Justin Fields as like a QB you know, top 10 QB rest of the season. I, I see that Justin Fields has been playing pretty well uh, when he's been playing the full game. Uh, so Cole Komet could be someone that you might want to look at a tight end if you're extremely desperate. Actually, I've got one little tight end to add, um, and that is uh, Brevin Jordan. Uh, Brevin Jordan has, has seen increased snaps, increased targets. He's a rookie. He was a very, very high-level prospect coming out. Here's the thing with Brevin Jordan. He's played 106 passing snaps 
and only 32 running snaps this season. But you know, he played it he played 25 passing downs in week 14, saw a season high in targets. He scored a few times. This this is a really uh good receiving player. And if Houston with nothing to lose, nothing to gain, nothing, you know, they might play this kid a little bit more. He might see the field a little bit more. Um, Brevin Jordan could be a sneaky tight end ad. Again, if you're playing him, you're probably fucked anyway. So, I mean, there really isn't any, but that, that, that was one that sort of stuck out to me as a deep, deep sleeper. Other than that, you're right. I mean, when you start looking at the secondary tight end options, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm assuming Tyler Conklin is taken in mostly, you know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. I like Tyler Conklin, but he's not available. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe a Ricky Seals Jones is still back on the, on the waiver wire. Although he, was playing 100% of snaps uh, before the Logan Thomas while, while Logan Thomas was injured, and then when Logan Thomas came back, the second injury, he did not see that type of snap share. So that's a scary one. Cole Komet, you're right. Um, yeah, and 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 maybe even Njoku. I mean, I think um, you know, I mean, he's obviously a high upside guy. I just don't know. Again, usage is everything with these tight ends. Chalk. What do you think there about the tight ends? Yeah, I think or, Austin Hooper is. Yeah, yeah. Austin Hooper, I believe, has COVID. Right, I think yep. he was on the COVID list. So it's really leaves Najoku and uh, uh, Harrison Bryant. Yeah, in, in and Harrison Cleveland. Bryant was hurt a little bit, so maybe yeah, in, in yeah. Joku time. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah maybe and, in Najoku time. And, and Landry's uh, out. Did I say earlier in the pod that uh, Landry and OBJ were out for Cleveland? I th- you did. It's, it's ringing. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? I like when we went over OBJ again for the Rams. I was like, wait, was I talking about him with Cleveland? I'm an idiot. Everybody knows that, but that's totally fine. Uh, just reflex stuff, but um, but with everybody out in in Cleveland, you know, and Joku and Donovan Peoples Jones, also a little bit of a deep, uh, you know, sleeper this week. Again, man, if you're playing these types of players in a playoff game, it's it's dangerous. But you know, when you're looking for one little plug and play, uh, you know, sometimes just picking the right guy can get you ten when instead of you know two or three, right, that can win a, win a week for you. Yeah, and Joku might still have COVID too, so Harrison Bryant oh, might shit. be a play there. <laughs> Jeez. This Cleveland team, they they might they might give you a call, Tommy. Hey, I'll I'll see that. What's up, dude? I've been working out. <laughs> They're playing against the Raiders, though, so you'd throw it. You'd just fucking you would, <laughs> yeah. you would fucking olay the block. You'd just let them go through. Basically. Um, Another right, one to think of, too, for next yeah, week, too, for Blake. I mean, it's more of a redraft thing as far as availability, but Amon Ross St. Brown gets Atlanta in week 16, and he's Ooh, been coming on it. hot recently. I think he has like 24 targets in the last two weeks. Um, so yeah, I, I like him for, you know, and he's available in like 20 or in like 80% of Yahoo league. So, you know, if you're still playing on Yahoo or, or ESPN, he might still be available in the redraft situation. Chalk, Chalk knows I've got Amon Ross St. Brown prominently displayed on my, uh, you know, uh, dynasty game theory, invitational league team that is in the playoffs and playing against, uh, Justin Boone this week. So I like that. Let's go Amon Ra. I really, I need some of that. Um, let's go to one other one. So, uh, pick two out of these three, uh, Darnell Mooney, Michael Gallup, Miles Sanders and PPR full PPR pick two Mooney Gallup Sanders. What do you got, Tommy Mooney, Mooney Gallup, Gallup Sanders, Mooney and Gallup and Ooh. PPR. Yeah. 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 Chalk. I got Gallup and Miles Sanders actually. Yeah, me yeah, too. You're a I homer, got Gallup dude. and Miles, you're a Miles Sanders. Sanders homer, Chuck. So Mo- no, Mooney scares the hell out of me this week, man. I mean, but uh, you know, I was I kept moving Mooney down and down uh, when I was yeah. doing my rankings. 
Me you too. Know, I think if you need, if you're in a situation, they play on Monday Night Football and against Minnesota. If you're in a situation that you absolutely need a high boom, high ceiling player, I, that's why I would go with Darnell Mooney there. Minnesota gives it the most fancy points to wide receiver position. You know, and it's my night call. football. And and honestly, as as from a, a gamesman standpoint, if I was in a situation where I, my my opponent for this week is going to have all his players done on Sunday, I might throw a some maybe even Mooney, but someone you know that's playing on Monday night football just to have a last person you know to get some extra points on Monday night, make the guy sweat. Maybe a, a Mooney bit. Sanders. Maybe that's the right play there. Yeah, Chuck. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I, I was I was thinking that too. Like after I said Gallup Sanders, like. Uh, maybe Mooney Sanders, right? I think Sanders is definitely a, a lock, though, out of those three, right? Because you just want that floor. You want that running yes. back floor. Running back um, floor. You just want the safe points, you know? And then Mooney and Gallup have similar upside. Uh, Gallup got the Giants matchup, right? Dak's been playing down. I, yes. I'm just waiting for that blow-up game from Dak, right? I, it's exactly. coming, right? It's yes. coming. It, you know, that's Dak's what not made me just, say it, too. Yeah. That's what made me say it, too, Chalk, but you're right. And, and as much as Fields and the Chicago – you know, shit bag offense scares me. You know, Tommy makes a good point of of Minnesota just being a sieve defensively, and uh, could absolutely you could see him giving up a big play. So I'd say if you're the underdog, maybe it's uh, Mooney Sanders. If you're the favorite, yeah. maybe it's Gallup Sanders. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like yep. that. Yep, I like it. Uh, so here's another one: Should I start Marvin Jones or Melvin Gordon in my last flex spot half PPR? Before Urban Meyer news, it would have been Melvin Gordon for sure. Yeah, for I mean, sure. with the news now, I mean, it adds some uncertainty there in Jacksonville. Maybe the team rallies now and everyone's going to ball out and Trevor Lawrence becomes, you know, the transcendent talent that we expected overnight. Uh, but just like I said, right, the running back floor, uh, Javante Williams banged up. I think Melvin Gordon's also banged up, so they're both yeah. banged up. But Melvin Gordon still putting up RB2 numbers, whether Javante Williams is playing or not. If Javante Williams misses this week, you know Melvin Gordon's going to, in a smash situation, uh, going to get all the touches. I like Melvin Gordon uh, over Marvin Jones, half PPR, final answer. Yep. <laughs> Melgo for me, all yeah. the way. Yeah, I agree. I think I would be, I would have Melvin Gordon in my lineup and just kind of monitoring the situation. And if Melvin Gordon, all because he was a, uh, he was hurt a little bit too. Mm-hmm. If there's a little bit too much chatter about, you know, maybe we'll sit Melvin Gordon this week, th- this type of thing. Maybe I'd transition to Marvin Jones, but I'm, I'm putting Melvin Gordon in there until I feel there's some, some bad news. Um, yeah. He's still agreed. listed as questionable. Uh, he did not yeah. practice today. It's his thumb. Um, but like everyone, fine. yeah, man, Melvin Gordon's still got a, ton of talent that guy's a great running back and people underestimate underestimated the hell out of him uh this year yeah i mean um marvin jones playing against the uh the university of houston this week so that's the only the only advantage he's got there uh thank you very much um so another one here uh jalen hurts versus washington russell wilson this i like this one jalen hurts versus washington Russell Wilson against the Rams, Taysom Hill against Tampa Bay, pick two. So Hurts, Russell Wilson, Taysom Hill, got to play two of them. Hurts for sure, right? Yep. 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 100%. I mean, if he plays. I mean, I hate that matchup for New Orleans. It's just 
Uh, man, but I don't like the other one. <laughs> I like Seattle's much better. It's uh, awful. It's yeah, so dirty. It's almost it's almost at a flip a coin for Russell and T- between Russell and Taysom for me. Oh, I yeah, hate I, Taysom too. Right I can't now. believe I'm saying that. I would sit Russell Wilson in this spot. I hate I, the, the reason I don't like it is because in such a high leverage situation where it's the playoffs. Yeah, you're really gonna sit Russell Wilson for Taysom Hill, like, right. and then you lose, and then you're like, what the right. what, the what fuck was I, I just doing? Do? Yeah, yeah, right. That's one of those like you start your studs type thing, and then you go down with your studs, right? Like you drafted this team, you go down with it. Yeah, but man, like, so nervous. Like, like we were just talking about with with the Seattle Seahawks. I'm gonna go Hurts and Taysom Hill, right? And yeah. that's against my my Tampa Bay, just because Taysom Hill could. He's gonna run fifty yard touchdown again. Who yeah. knows, right? You never know. He's gonna run. You know we he's gonna be scrambling hard. around. We oh, have him ranked. It's higher. so filthy. We do yeah. all have him ranked as slightly ahead of Russell Wilson. I think, man, oh man, this is such a shit question because, like, while we have him ranked there, you're right, uh, uh, Chalk. Like when it comes down to pressing the button and being like, no, no, Taysom Hill over Russell Wilson, baby. You know, I maybe it would just be. You know, great if uh, you know Gardner Minshew starts and and Hurts is like you know they're late mm-hmm. scratch and then you don't have to make the decision because it's really hard to sit Russell Wilson. But there is a reason why I traded Russell Wilson for exactly. Aaron Rodgers is because of the sickness that is this fucking uh, Seattle team right now. So yeah, I mean if you got the balls, son, go ahead and put uh put Russell Wilson in there. But it's tough. And and really this here's another one: Taysom versus Tampa or Tua. Versus the Jets. I know my answer. Tua. Tua. Yes, sir. Tua versus the Jets. Yeah, but in our rankings, we have them really close there too, right? We do. I think the nod goes because of the matchup, right? I think that's really the nod. Tua doesn't have those wheels like Taysom does. Yeah, of course. But, you know, I love Tua coming in, man. And so happy to see this guy finally thriving and all the haters can just shut up now. It's like, man, this guy's good, man. Just you gotta just be patient. You know, I don't Are know about you... Jalen Hurts though, but you know, Chalk, <laughs> I can I can uh, ethically ask you this question, Tommy. I can't ask you this question because it's in a league that we're in together. Would you trade? What would you prefer? A top five rookie pick in a super flex draft in 2022. All right, top five pick in 2022, probably like four or five somewhere in there, not one or two. So a top five rookie pick in 2022 in a Superflex draft or Tua? Oh, it's Tua, man. Yeah? Just, yeah, not, just do it. Yeah, Tua. Tua, not close for me. Okay. Because, I love that. Because I, I, I'm not a Debbie player. I don't play uh, camp, Campus of Canton Leagues like Tommy and some of, the, some of the guys on the team. So I'm not dialed in to the college football scene uh, as much, but – you know, I'm not going to say that this class is weak or any of that stuff because that's nonsense. But I don't believe that the quarterbacks in this class, just from what I've been hearing and seeing and just, you know, listening to uh, smarter people than myself, I don't know if I, I, I trust them more than Tua. Like, I was really high on Tua. Uh, you know, I've seen that ceiling, um, you know, in, in, in college. And, and I think he's starting to flash really in the pros. I, I want Tua over that, that 105 um, right now. Live on air. Tommy, check your fucking sleeper because that shit's coming across. You're going to see a trade in a league that you're in. And I just fucking accepted a you trade. Accepted it? <laughs> yeah, I just accepted a trade for Tua. For Tua. You can check oh, there that it is. shit. A trade has been completed. 
in yeah. our double super or our double superflex league where you need yeah. three quarterbacks. Jesus. Yeah, Christ. I gave up yeah. the uh, that- the Rhinos uh, first rounder that I have for Tua. In a double superflex, the one you could play three quarterbacks. Yes, yes sir. That's definitely Tua smash. I mean, that's even yeah. more. Leaning yeah. Tua, right? I mean, that was just considering this was just a regular Superflex league. I would have done Tua. But the fact that you start three quarterbacks. Right. You can start three, yes. Like and I have Lamar like, Jackson, you know. Joe Burrow, and Derek Carr as my quarterback. Go fuck like, yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great league. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Wow. There we go. Because, um, yeah, I mean, right now in the Superflex, for me, there's the only quarterbacks I consider taking over Tua would be Kenny Pickett and um, what's his face from from Nevada – um, oh, I'm blank. blank Carson Strong. Carson Sam Howell is not athletic. Yeah, that's it. Those are the only two. So it'd have to be the one one, the one two to make me it's want my to John pick Lob, over to uh, it. You know, John Lobb impersonation. <laughs> that was actually, now that I know what you're doing, that's a fantastic John Lobb impersonation. <laughs> I love that guy. John's so full of energy. Uh, yeah. But yeah, for me, it, literally, I'd want Kenny Pickett or Carson Strong, and that's about it. And even then, you're, you're definitely still gambling. Kenny Pickett, in my opinion, is the is the next Josh Allen. So that's the only guy I'd feel comfortable taking. And for me, that's the 101. So unless you're getting that for Tua, uh, I'm definitely taking Tua. And especially in that double super flex league, yeah, to a smash all day. Love it. Love it. Well, guys, we did it. It's late. You know, the the odds of us getting lucky after we hang up on this on this uh, podcast are low. Uh, the odds of us finding anybody awake in our homesteads is low. But the odds that the listeners are going to fucking dominate in their first week of the playoffs is high. And that's what we came here to do. So I thank you so much. Tommy, you know, just give give the people a little uh, a little love, a little Tommy Mo sign off, and uh, and then chalk you too, Bubba. Yeah, man. Thanks again, Jax Falcone, for having me on the Undrafted. And of course, everyone out there, you know, you can find all of our work at theundroppables.com. Find all of my stuff at two on one FFB on Twitter, two on one Tommy on TikTok, where I just you know. Chuck's got me dancing my ass off all, all season, you know, and like finally we're almost done, you know, but no, I have a great time out there, uh, on, you know, on social media, just doing whatever I can to get the content out to y'all. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's been a blast, you know, having this board meeting with, you know, the two, two highly esteemed partners, um, of, of this soon to be, um, business. And, and we'll talk more about that in a future date. But, um, you know, just, you know, just a big shout out to the team, right? Everyone the, at the, the Undroppables Enterprise. You can just, just call grinding. it grinding. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the Undroppables, you know, the whole team grinding. Um, a lot of exciting things happening uh, as a as season comes to an end. Uh, we're looking already towards rookie season. And Tommy and the team have already been planning that. Uh, I know Jax has been busy at work, you know, working Michael P. Duncan to the, the bone. You know, making sure that this this podcast, you know, takes another step forward in, in 2022. And, you know, just for the guy the guys and gals on our team, you know, just stay tuned and, and, and be on the lookout because we got a surprise for you at the end of the year uh, for all the hard work we all put in. Uh, so just going to, you know, stay tuned for that. Uh, all the listeners of the Undrafted, you know, thanks for the support. Thanks for, you know, keeping Jacks on the airwaves. You know, please continue to share. Um, this this podcast is show with your friends and family. I know it's a conflict of interest because you're going to give them the blueprint to success, but you know, Jax Jax deserves it, right? So please, um, you know, spread the word. 
And, you know, uh, again, thanks, Jax. I, I really, really had a good time. Oh, man. man, that's awesome. I mean, it's true, man. You know, I've been watching just our numbers. There's a, there's a lot of loyal listeners. And the way I look at that is like, man, I'm so grateful, you know, for the people that that love listening every week. And, you know, I, I find that remarkable and, and flattering and amazing and fun. And, you know, we look forward to this show and, you know, it, it, it takes up some time in my day and, you know, trying to prepare and get a great guest and, and to make sure the show is fire. Um, so I, I just absolutely love it. Uh, I'm so grateful to be partners with you two guys and, and, and to go forward. This is, this is a hobby first and a, and a fun thing that we all do together. So let's just keep having fun. If you're all listening, hopefully you're having fun. This is a fun thing. So bless y'all. Let's go get them on behalf of everybody here at the undraft on behalf of everybody here at the undroppables. On behalf of the saddest, saddest Philly fan there ever was, the greatest producer to ever walk the earth, the esteemed Michael P. Duncan. On behalf of Tommy Moe, on behalf of Chalk, the legend, the godfather, on behalf of me, Jax Falcone, we are out. Out.